friends. This is a special How Do You Do review bonus podcast coming at you. My name is Joe Stover, and wherever you're listening from, thanks kindly. It's Friday, March the 25th, 2022, and I'm here in Churchill, Manitoba, which is usually where I record the How Do You Do review, and the show is broadcast over the air in Winnipeg, Manitoba on CKUW 95.9 FM and St. John's, Newfoundland on CHMR 93.5 FM. If you are a regular listener, you'll know that the last couple shows featured two halves of a chat with Gordon Stoby of Halifax, J.J. Guy of Saskatoon, and Kathy Spruill of Saskatoon. Gordon and J.J. are world-class fiddlers, and Kathy was their accompanist while here in Churchill a couple weeks ago. They were all here for community workshops and concerts and such, and I was extremely grateful when they agreed to sit down with me and not only have a good chinwag, but they played some tunes for us as well. And we weren't able to fit it all onto one program, so in addition to playing the first half last week and the second half this week on the radio show, I thought it would be a good idea to play the whole thing here on our first ever bonus podcast. So, without further ado, from the inside of Churchill Back Porch Music, some yakin' and some playin'. Gordon Stoby, JJ Guy, and Kathy Spruill from March 13th. Enjoy. All right, folks, uh, as promised, here we are with uh, Gordon Stoby, JJ Guy, and the, uh, how do you say it? I am though, just the word, accompanist. 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 Yeah. Kathy Spruill. Uh, how are you guys enjoying Churchill so far? It's great. It's great. The temperature is lovely. Uh, the the lights have been fabulous. Lights have been really Yeah, the good. street lights came on every day we were here, and it was great. <laughs> and uh, we just had a wonderful time. And this is time number three up here for you yes, guys? Yeah. Three, three, oh, first time. for My Kathy. First, first yeah. for Kathy, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Not the last. Not def- no, definitely no, not no. the last. You know, the, but... it, the interesting thing I find is like the wind polishes the streets to the point where you could skate on them. You could. Yeah. Yeah. You absolutely could. It's, uh, but you, but it's also as far as attraction goes because it's just snow that's packed, packed, yeah. packed. It actually makes for really good, good traction. You could skate on there, no problem. Yeah. But you could also oh, grip on them. Yeah, you could also like stop your car in a dime. The on polishing. Those. Maybe you should leave your shoes out there tonight. <laughs> yeah. What's, what's up I, yeah. Yeah. On the street. So, bad, <laughs> so, what brings you guys to Churchill? Your you mom, folks. Yes, my your mom. Your mom, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, if people out there don't know, your mom is runs a music program in the school, and so uh, we've met at at camps in the south, and so we get to be friends. And then she said one time, she said, "You guys want to come up here and, and do some work with the kids," and uh, that was the first time we came. And so she's been our really our you know our godmother here. Uh, she's brought us here, and. Uh, yeah, so that's I guess that's how we got here. And we started. You start meeting the kids, and you start to, you know, have relationships. This business is mostly about making relationships. And if you can make relationships, there's there's work for everybody if you can do that. It seems that way. And the uh, and I know you folks through my mom being the the chaperone on a lot of her fiddle trips yeah. that she would take her kids on, and uh, and yeah, and even just as somebody who doesn't play really. Uh, it's just, it, you know, I I know some of the players and I know some of the, the tunes. I can pick a lot of these fiddle tunes by ear. Now, I tried to pick up a fiddle once because I thought, how neat would it be to be able to like, play with my mom or 
be, you know, hang out with the choir, or at least be able to accompany them or yeah, something. Yeah. <laughs> like, no matter what I did, it was like the Jim, uh, Jim Carrey in uh, Dumb and Dumber. I want to hear the most annoying oh, sound yeah, in the yeah. world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's me playing the playing the fiddle. So it is really neat, and I'm, and as an observer, I've seen that happen. Like, the connections that are made between the various players just from... And that's just the one or two jamborees or camps that I go to. And you guys, how many do you guys play in throughout the year, would you say? Uh, 800? <laughs> no, it's a lot. We do a lot of camps, and the camps can be... They can be one day long, they can be two, three, four, five, five days long at a camp. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so you're there, and, and and those are relationships. The thing that you, you have to know about fiddle music is there in each of the zones in Canada, uh, fiddle zones. You know, Cape Breton is a separate one, Newfoundland is a separate one, Quebec is a separate one, and then there's the rest of Canada. And even there, there's subsets. There's a repertoire. It's a common repertoire. It's the same tune. So if you go to uh, if you go to Vancouver, you can play with people. You'll you'll know. 80% of the tunes that the average player would know. Mm-hmm. So we don't have to talk. We don't have to know how much money you make or what kind of a house you live in. We get together and Thank we God. Play. Yeah. <laughs> Short ends of the stick for me. Yeah. And so that common repertoire binds us together often too. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And and I just from traveling a little bit through the country, yeah, the different the different zones like uh, uh, especially Newfoundland, which uh, which this show also airs in on Monday. Hello Newfoundland. Uh, yeah, they they have a whole different. It's the same same sort of thing, and I never even thought of that before. Where it's you have the different zones, and a player from uh, from Thunder Bay can meet a a player from Fort McMurray, and they're like, yeah. they can they can pretty much play like you said, eighty percent of the tunes. But if a player from Thunder Bay meets a player from Carbonier, then they share their repertoire. That jam session will be over in ten minutes. I guess they're so, so I... different. The repertoires are so different. And the same with Quebec. You know, we lived next to Quebec for how many hundreds of years, and, and we have a very little crossover repertoire with Quebec. There are some tunes, but by and large, it's it's a foreign country. Wow. Yeah, and that makes sense. So do you guys just do your your circuit in the West, or do you guys also go to Quebec or the other zones, Cape Breton, all that stuff? The biggest chunk is done in the West here mm-hmm. for us. But, you know, we do do some playing out in New Brunswick and mm-hmm. Nova Scotia. And the north, yeah, Yeah. a lot in the north. So northwest territories, Yukon. COVID has killed two of our great gigs in Nova Scotia. Mm. We were booked for two years for the first, the same uh, fiddle festival as the the high, you know, the what do you call them? Not the stars, the featured acts or the headliners. Headliners, Headliners. yeah, yeah, yeah. See, it's been so long since you've been headlining. I can't even. I I was thinking something to do with a hat. Isn't a thing inside of a hat. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we, you know, two. Well, you were sweating when you were talking about it. <laughs> was, I, I was, I was leaking. <laughs> so, so you know, and so COVID has really COVID has interrupted some things very seriously, like that kind of thing. Another thing COVID has interrupted, just to go on a different track here, COVID has seriously, seriously impacted dancing. You know, for two, oh, three yeah. years, we've had no dances. We don't. You can't have dances. You can't touch anybody. You can't be around people. Um, so it's it's been difficult. That's a huge part of what you do. A big part of what we do. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. 
Um, yeah, because a lot of this music is kind of geared towards the dance. Like, it's designed to fit in with the dance, right? Well, sure. Well, at uh, the Hills Are Alive Festival in um, Cypress Hills, Alberta, uh, the, uh, oh, what is the, the, what is that, the big one that uh, that everybody does where they go in the lines and... Hey, Virginia Real. Virginia Real. Yeah, like, just that's, like, because everybody touches everybody, it seems, in... In yeah. that one, and then the square dances and all that kind of stuff. That is a huge part of what you do, and that totally makes sense. That COVID has kind of kiboshed the dancing, whether it's through people's discomfort of doing it or whether it's against the law. Mm-hmm. I suppose. I think it's against the law a lot of times, you know, and and even being six feet apart, you know, all the time, six feet apart with masks on, no touching. It's it's that's not what dancing is. Of course, dancing, dancing yeah. is up close and personal. And uh, it's got to be that way, you know. What? Yeah. Square dancing too. Yeah. Same thing. Well, you guys have tried dancing with, with ropes. ropes. And your your mom used sticks. Right. Yeah. So the kids don't touch each other. And the it's sticks thing actually worked nicely. What I liked about the sticks was they could keep time because, with the music yeah. in between. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was like yeah. having a bunch of little. So damage. silver lining, of course, but it's uh, but it doesn't replace the. No, the no, real, the no, real thing. Yeah. No, right? probably no. without supervision, somebody be getting whacked with a stick. Yeah, there could be losing an eye. No, you want you really got to get your arm wrapped around a, you know, a winsome young filly to, to dance with, and you really get the moves and work together, and and have a you know a, a symbiotic uh, relationship. Yeah, of course. That's what it's. That's what it's all about. Like all the hokey pokey is the same. A hokey pokey is the same. You put yeah. your foot in, you pull your foot. <laughs> That's what it's all about. Yeah. You know, speaking of the dances, what's the wildest thing you've seen at the dance? For me, it was that the square dance one where you charge towards the other couple and then you split off. Torpedo. Torpedo, oh, that's torpedo. it. Oh, man. You hold your partner and you run down the middle and the other ones are running at you. And the other couple you. runs right at you. Right at you. That's a legit dance. That's a legitimate dance. It's a legit couple. And so the people running from the bottom end of the hall have to, at the last oh. moment, split and let these people go through. Like and every time I do, I see this done, I'm thinking to myself, tonight's the night <laughs> we see four people in the hospital with concussions. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, what happened to you guys? Uh, we were dancing. dancing. We're dancing. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, why don't we go ahead and play a tune first? Uh, well, you guys are going to play a tune more specifically, and then we'll uh, we'll come back, and then we'll kind of get to know you guys so we can find a little bit more about you. Uh, what is the first tune that you guys are going to play for us? We're going to play the Cranbrook Kitchen Party. So we wrote this tune, much like the Cypress Hills uh, you were talking about. Uh, we played uh, a Métis Kitchen Party in Cranbrook, B.C., and our friend Amy Cross organizes it. And we have, uh, because it's grown in size, we usually end up doing it in a hall or in a, a, a conference center of a hotel. And the f- there's food there, and people bring instruments, and people are singing and playing music all the time. We're hired to to play the fiddle portion while the Red River Jig and the dancing, as we were talking about before, mm-hmm. the Elan Topolka, and Gordon calls a couple squares there. And, of course, there's usually bannock tasting contests, and people bring moose stew, and, oh, man, it's fantastic. That's perfect. And when, when what time of the year is that usually? That's usually March is yeah, when early, it happens. Uh, spring or but did again, they have, Did they have one this year, or are they no. going to... I don't think they're planning one. Well, I don't know. I haven't talked to Amy yeah. for a while, but... But we always have fun there, so so we wanted to 
to write a tune to we try and write tunes to kind of capture either a moment in time or a personality of somebody we're writing the tune for and so hopefully with this tunes we captured a little bit of the spirit of the cranbrook kitchen party super all right here it is on the how do you do review ckw 95.9 fm in winnipeg and 93.5 fm chmr st john's one two in <laughs> Cranbrook Kitchen Party, or I guess Cran Cranbrook Kitchen Cranbrook, Party. Yeah. I won't throw the in there when there's when there's <laughs> no the. So uh, you know, Gordon, I was I knew you were already invested in the Order of Canada, uh, and then I was like, well, let's see what other awards he's won. But we don't have that much time. It's not that many, but there's you know, awards are funny things. Like you know, you're you're happy to be recognized. Sure. Some some awards are like, okay, this is the end of a career, so we'll give them. This is a, like a lifetime achievement award like, yeah, or something. Yeah, so so then, uh, but but, you know, in in our business, you just you're only as good really as your last gig. You just keep chugging along and chugging along, and finally there oh, there are a lot of musicians, and I'll be one of them eventually that just uh, retires. You know, you say, well, I've done that, now I'm going to start something else. I'm going to work on a different project. But but uh, it's it's so much fun that uh, I can't I can't stop now. Yeah. And you've been you've been in the music game for a while, so um, since I was seven. Since you were seven. Well, I wasn't doing it, you know, professionally. But that's when you picked. Was the fiddle your first instrument, no, or was no? My first instrument was the accordion, and it was my parents were, were immigrants. Piano, piano accordion or uh, yeah, accordion? Piano. piano accordion. Okay. So my my parents were immigrants here, so they and from where they came from, um, the accordion looked like a good bet. And it was sort of in rock and roll was developing. Mm-hmm. And the accordion was not a good bet. <laughs> I needed a guitar, and I got an accordion. And uh, my disappointment was, I guess, palpable. But uh, <laughs> it, I, I just started a new regime of whining until they, they finally got me a guitar. <laughs> and then I was off to the races. Yeah, and when did you pick up a fiddle? Uh, I was living in Toronto, and it was in, I was in the, my late 20s. And I was playing lots of different instruments, just enjoying them. And I went to 
Dave Snyder's music store on Young Street North, and there was a fiddle case on the floor, dusty and whatever. And I said, so what's in there? And he said, that's a fiddle in there. So I opened it up, and there was a fiddle and a bad bow and a little broken piece of rosin. Mm. I said, how much? He said, $10 with a curb and gutter guarantee. I said, what's a curb and gutter guarantee? He said, you make it to the curb, you gutter. <laughs> and that was it. And once you got to there, you don't ever bring this thing back, he said. No returns. And I didn't. And I played that. I started to play. I went out and bought a, a 78 record, 25 Canadian fiddle hits. And I started to learn the first one. And I just, I, I didn't know how to hold it, didn't know how to hold the bow. The only thing I knew, which I had carped from one of the books, was how to tune it. So I would tune it up and, and, uh, and play. Hmm. Started to play. And then uh, I see that uh, you played with a band called the Dixie Flyers in Ontario. And one thing I wanted to to, to ask, too, um, as part of that question is, uh, there is a, a somewhat local connection. Uh, Willie P. Bennett yeah. was in the group. Uh, to Winnipeg people, he's a bit of a folk hero. He yeah. has some connections with the D-Rangers. Uh, Jackson Haldane uh, produced his last album, I believe. And that kind of comes full circle because Jackson from the D Rangers and all the D Rangers are friends of my parents. So it's just yeah. such a such a neat thing to kind of uh, have that. But anyway, uh, the Dixie Dixie, Dixie Flyers. Flyers yeah. Tell me about them. But that was uh, one of the first really hard working commercial bluegrass bands. There were other bluegrass bands before, but they'd they'd make a, a vinyl album and then they'd go back to their day jobs and you wouldn't hear from them anymore. The Flyers were a serious bunch, and they had the leader and the mandolin player were the, the founders, mm-hmm. and they were uh, probably the the least actually talented people in the group, but they had a lot of energy, especially the uh, the, the band leader, Bert Bombeck, who was a guitar player. Mm-hmm. And I learned a lot from Bert Bombeck about front manning. Like, he was a front man that you could come and see the Flyers, and the Flyers could all be sleeping on the floor, and Bert would still have the audience <laughs> in the palm of his hand. So they were there, but they had amazing sidemen. Dennis LePage, when I played with him, Dennis LePage, incredibly well-known banjo player. And Willie P. and I played in that band together for, I was more of a sit-in guy than a regular. Mm -hmm. And Willie P. and I would do all the twin fiddle things. Him on the harmonica playing the melody and me on the fiddle playing the harmonies. And it sounded great. And and, uh, we had a a really good bass player, Dave Zadrillic. And the band was popular everywhere we went. People lined up to get in. So, and you were with them for how long? Well, I was in with them off and on for probably three or four years. We did two vinyl albums together. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would only, I lived way on the other side of Toronto, and so it was a long way. So I, the bigger gigs, they would call me. Any festivals I went in, um, you know, we opened for Lesser Flat and just stuff like that. They would call me and I'd go down to do it. Okay, and then last last week on the program, we played a, a song from uh, the Ladies' Choice Bluegrass Band. So yep. tell me... How you ended up uh, with that? Well, when I moved to Nova Scotia, my wife Marlene and I moved to Nova Scotia, um, I had been playing a lot with the Flyers, and I thought, gee, I'm going to find some guys to play bluegrass with. So we cobbled together a little bit of a band, and we started playing, and and then we just got popular, and and we did a couple of albums on the boot label, two two records on the boot label. And um, and then the band, and then we got a TV gig, we got to be the the house band on on a show called Up Home Tonight, and I was the MC, the the front guy, and mm-hmm. the band played, and we did that for three years, and then the band broke up, and I put together a different band to be the the house band on Up Home Tonight, and that was a really popular TV show in the Maritimes for eight years. Yeah, it, it had been a while, and then another thing I saw was uh, that you're no stranger to radio either. You hosted 
a show on uh, CHFX. Yeah, CHFX. I wrote of that. I don't even know how long. Now, a good friend of JJ's, um, uh, Vic Mullen. Vic Mullen, yeah. He had that show, and then he moved somewhere, and somebody called me and said, look, you want to take over Vic's show? So I thought, you know, a couple months. I think it was probably 14 years wow. that I did that show. It was an FM show, and a one hour a week. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it was, it was the, the CRTC made this station, the Sandham station, have a bunch of programming. Like they had a gospel mm-hmm. hour, and an Irish hour, and a Scottish hour, and a Greek hour, and this bluegrass hour. And, and then when the CRTC softened up, Scottish people were gone, the Greek people were gone, the Irish people were gone. All that was left was a Newfie show and me. And I could see the writing on the wall. And one day the station manager came in. He was about 12. He came in and he said, well, Gordon, this is going to be your last show. Like, we can't do it anymore. And I said, well, what are you going to tell the fans? I said, listen to this. And he said, I, we don't care about those fans. They're not country music fans, so we don't care about it's them. Because it turned into a country music It was a, all, all along was country oh, music. Was like, and this was stuck into it. Uh, you know? So he right. said, uh, we don't care about those people. They're not country fans, so we don't care about them. And, uh, uh, but I'm going to do one thing for you. I'm going to let you do one last show. We never do this because people go on rants and all kind of horrible stuff. Can happen. Yeah. He said, we're going to let you do one last show. You can say goodbye to your fans. And so I didn't. And I went away. And you know, when I stopped doing that show, it was like, oh, man. I was so half an hour into town, half an hour planning it, an yeah, hour doing yeah, the yeah. show. I was going to three hours, four hours per show, unpaid. It was a volunteer thing. Yeah. So I thought to myself, man. Why the heck did I ever start so long? <laughs> did you ever think about doing a rant? No, <laughs> oh, no, 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 not really. But I had a alter, I had alter, an alter character. <laughs> I had the old feller, so I would had this voice, and that had this old feller thing. So old feller, what are we putting on next? Well, there, young feller, I guess we got something here by the Stanley Brothers. We're gonna listen to that, and that's a darn toe tapper if there ever was one. So phony thing back and forth. One day I took my son in when he was about six. I said, "Okay, Morgan, introduce this song," and he, you know, he introduced us. Like, yeah, that next song we're gonna do, they're gonna do something here by Bill Monroe. So, I just. I, so you I, had a young feller I, and an old feller I, and you. I, I stopped trying to stay between the lines. It, didn't, it wasn't that interesting. Oh man! Maybe Joe will have an alter ego on his show now should. coming up. Well, one of these days, you know, if it, if uh, if the if the Joe Stover persona gets a bit too boring, then I can. Go, hey, how's everybody doing out there? And the sound effects. Pew, 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 you know? yeah. Okay, but that's that's been done. But that's been, yeah, I don't yeah, know what look, I do. Okay, like, let's give us a little taste of of what you would do if you were doing like a an old backwoods guy from like, from Churchill who yeah. came in with a trap line. Polar and, bear man. Yeah, polar bear man. Polar bear man. <laughs> Yeah, so I, what would that be? That would be something like, um, what kind of show are you going to play today? I don't like that new music. Now, why don't you go ahead and play the George Jones or something, for Christ's sake. <laughs> yeah, something like that, he's, yeah. He's, he's a little like Macho Man Randy Savage. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, Ooh, channel, yeah, I'm, channel, I'm channeling Randy Savage and uh, Wolfman Jack. Yeah. Yeah. If you got the curves, I got the angles, baby. Oh! <laughs> Wonderful. If it, I wish Wolfman Jack hadn't been done, because I think that that would be... Yeah. Uh, but I always end up, once I'm done doing Wolfman, then I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh but do you see that uh, you know just the regular Joe might be uh, a little, a little low key? Sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think you should fire that up once mm. in a while. We'll see. Yeah, that's that's a, I'll, I'll keep that in my because yeah. I mean it's, I've been doing the show almost two years now, and I think once, 
Once once uh, listenership maybe, starts going down, maybe then I'll have to start yeah, yeah, pulling yeah. out the <laughs> yeah. yeah, COVID Joe appears. Yeah. <laughs> COVID Joe has appeared. I oh. think it's been COVID Joe this whole time. Uh, we'll uh, get to know uh, the other two in the room after another tune. What tune is next? I think we're going to play Two Rivers. Yeah, Two Rivers yeah. works. Two Rivers. Two Rivers. That's a tune we uh, we JJ and I travel to uh, in a lot of the places we travel to to do uh, camps. A lot of cities are built on rivers, you know, from long, long ago when the fur trade went up and down the river. So, so a lot, a lot of them have, have there's a river coming into another river, the junction, and they they build a fort there and they collect the furs and all that stuff. So Winnipeg's there's a lot of easy, uh, Winnipeg's an example. Yeah. Uh, the North Saskatchewan, they don't meet in Regina, but just away a little ways away from mm-hmm. Regina. Um, and in uh, when we go to to uh, Castlegar. Uh, the Mackenzie River and uh, the Kootenai River meets the uh, the the uh, other river, the other river, Kootenai and, and the Columbia and the Columbia, the big one. You know, they yeah. make the, the the ones that make all the sports gear, the nice jackets. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It meets right there, and these are big, big rivers, and and so there's lots of them, and so we were kind of thinking about you know these two rivers meander separately, and they get their own thing going. They're meandering, both meandering in the key of D, okay, and they go together, and all of a sudden. The confluence happens, and the two merge. There's never a fight. It slides. It's like like a well-oiled machine. They slide together and travel on to the next place, and and their their mingling lines are mingled in there like that. And so this is this is pretty deep. I don't know if you want to go that deep with the, this. Well, stuff, hey, it's uh, we're all big dorks that listen to this show. We're all big. Fans of watersheds and rivers and things. Oh, like okay, that. So well that that that, that, that yeah. make that and that makes it perfect because I mean the Red River and the Assiniboine, like the Red River comes from, uh, you know the headwaters are <clears throat> down near you know South Dakota, Iowa area before everything. Or sorry, yeah. uh, somewhere around there, yeah, South Dakota and somewhere around there. Let's just yeah. say to be to be precise. So it comes from pretty much straight south, and then you have the Assiniboine, whose headwaters are. Kind of uh, around like the Duck Mountains of Saskatchewan, yeah. Yeah. Priestville, Saskatchewan. Actually, yeah. they say that there you go, and it's actually kind of neat when you're taking the train from Churchill to Winnipeg, you cross the Assiniboine in Saskatchewan, just uh, just around Camsack, and then uh, and then you cross it again right before Union Station in Winnipeg, mm-hmm. and like when you see it in Saskatchewan, it's this little brook, and when you see it again in Winnipeg, it's at its biggest right before it. Yeah. Enters the red as yeah, you say so so yeah. peacefully and and onward north it goes. And this this uh, leads to talk of thermoclines and all like things like that. The epilimnions. These are talk things we talk about all the time, <laughs> with regard to rivers and lakes and such. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. So let's hear it right now. How about two rivers on the How Do You Do review? I just start right. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Are you going to count it in or not? No. No, I have the pickups, right? Okay, yeah.
That was Two Rivers, and uh, what were those big fancy words you used before when we were talking about rivers? Well, the, the... the epilimnion is the, the top layer of water, and, it, and it's, it's the temperature of the top layer of water. You look in the top layer, because the, the changes as it goes down, right? Oh. Yeah, you've had the experience of being up in the top, and then suddenly you stick your feet down. Holy man, it's cold down there. Mm -hmm. yep, well, yep, yep. the thermocline is that descent into the cold range, and it's in life. Many of us have a thermocline in life. We're in a hot place and we just go yeah. down and down and down into a... Sometimes when I'm in the bathtub and my rubber ducky goes to the bottom and I have to reach... Fish him out of the thermocline? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good thing you're wearing a snorkel. <laughs> Oh, you can't leave can't leave JJ alone in the tub. You know no, better. No, no, no. You know better. Uh, so JJ, uh, you have recently been in, inducted into the North American Fiddlers Hall of Fame and you're the first person from Saskatchewan to be inducted? Is yeah, that it's, well, it's quite an honor for sure. That's incredible. Um, my friend Gordon is actually uh, also a member of the North American Fiddlers Hall of Fame but when you look at the names of fiddlers who are in there, it's astonishing. So it's very humbling for me to be, I guess, mentioned in the same breath as, as some of the my heroes who are in the North American Fiddlers Hall of Fame. But I think a big chunk of the reason why I got the, the nod is because of the jamming with JJ thing that Kathy and I do every weekend. We've done that throughout COVID and we just finished number 91 here. Uh, we took a little break off last summer, but we've done that. And it's kind of tied a bunch of fiddlers and and people from different clubs from right across North America. We have people joining in from Scotland and uh, Ireland and quite a few people from New York State where the Hall of Fame actually is. So hmm. so I think that raised our profile. Yeah, well, it's, and, well I know that is a, it's a staple in this house because my mom will tune it on every Sunday and I'll hear her jamming with you guys and and that's pretty cool. And, and, and it, whenever I kind of get, you know, fiddle sick where it's been a while, like, you know, I, I just... You know, especially in the last two years, not being able to go to Hills or any of those yep. uh, types of things. I'm like, ah, Jamal with JJ. Yeah, there, ah, turn ah, on. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, so we've, we've made, well, I'm sorry. I'm just going to say, like, the little community that has kind of banded together online with that, they communicate with each other on private messages <clears throat> and and, and talk and send in tunes and we always acknowledge as many of them as we can on 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 the the stream and 
Well, even today, that uh, somebody said, "Hey, that's a great tune. Can I have the sheet music for that?" Like, so that they can. You're sharing. Yeah, it. yeah, like that. And then that—that's what music is all about at its core, really, yeah. isn't it? Like, yeah. just to yeah. share, share good times, share good feelings. Like, good music is good feelings. Well, and you often talk about how the fiddle is such a communal instrument. You know, you want to play with other people, and that's been missing with COVID. But at least they had a taste of that, but being able to play with Kathy and I. It's it's and the most probably the most social instrument, and that's why you have you have big clubs like you don't hear about, you know, the 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 Prince Albert Saxophone Club, or the you know the piano the, club. Uh, the <laughs> piano club or the you know the Rosetown Drum Circle. Well, you'd yeah. hear them if they existed. Hear, yeah, <laughs> but the fiddle somehow by its portability and. And also by the fact that the music goes back to some of the founding fathers, you know, the Scottish and the, the Irish and the, you know, the French. So that's, yeah. And, you know, I have to say, like, I, I as a as a person who, you know, has invested a big chunk of my life in the fiddle thing, what you guys have done here with the jamming with JJ is is quite remarkable. You know, for one thing, it's it's very grassrootsy. okay? The people are grassrootsy, and 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 what, how you set you know the set list up um it is really accessible and and it's, it really it welcomes people in yeah, yeah. it's very welcoming and and creepy. that it's it's no it's good it's good and and i think it's it's a wonderful thing my wife marlene would never miss that show she's there and she's on the the, the chit chat line and she's you know everybody every 20 minutes she says yep. you know don't forget the tip jar she's very people very, care like they look after yeah, us yeah yeah, they really, yeah so it's 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 a good thing it's a yeah. great thing and i yeah and we try to you know communicate with them when they send us messages like it's a it's back a and forth kind building of thing. Yeah. building the community like embracing the community that's already there but it seems to yeah be growing you know well and keeping it together through these covid times when Absolutely. nobody dares to go to anybody's house so yeah, yeah. No. Uh, when did you pick up a fiddle, JJ? How old were you? When I you... was seven years old when I first played the fiddle. And so I have an older sister who's six years older than me, Emma, <laughs> if she's listening. <laughs> six years. <laughs> but no, and so she played the f fiddle before I did. So I really wanted to be like her. I wanted to play the fiddle. My older sister played the fiddle. So I begged my parents uh, to get me a fiddle and they went to the radio shack in Wadena, saskatchewan and bought me and it was a 90 dollar fiddle it was a chinese lark was the, the mm. label on the inside and it came with a it was half size came with a little bowl and uh and in a case and the, i can still smell the the, yeah. the the case right now it's got that very unique varnish on on cheap plywood type smell but i still have that fiddle actually the varnish is peeling off of it now. Like oh, that's it's wow. got that little skin of varnish. But do you still play it? No, no. <laughs> the the fiddle, size. but <laughs> the teeny, fiddle. It's teeny it's tiny range little. is really tiny, really tight. But oh my! So yeah, so that's when I started, and then uh, we kind of had a family band. I have a younger sister as well who plays a bit, and we we'd play. We'd enter a little fiddle contest. It seemed like every sports day and every. Uh, uh, winter festival had a little fiddle contest when i was growing up so we did lots of those and that's where i learned a big chunk of my repertoire that i play to this day was when they had the fiddle contest while the judges were making their decision they got all the fiddlers on stage and everybody played tunes as though you'd play cricket stovepipe chinese breakdown saint anne's reel road to boston all those types of tunes 
where you were entertaining the audiences as the judges made their decision. So I learned a big chunk of repertoire that way. And then, uh, and then when did, when did, uh, when did you realize like, Hey, I'm, I'm pretty decent at this thing. I can, I can, if somebody wants me to play a tune, I can play it and I'm, I'm not screwing up my notes. Like that's, uh, well, my, well, my first band that wasn't a family band was a, a, a group called Highway 49. I was going to ask and, you about that. Yeah. So tell, tell and us so about And so I Highway was 15 49. when I joined Highway 49 and we, it was kind of a country band, but we did country rock, I would say uh, a bit. And I played fiddle. I also played guitar in the band as well. And uh, uh, I think I was mainly hired for the fiddle thing to play. Like, we'd play a lot of weddings, so I'd play all those patterns, like heel and toe polka, seven step, that kind of stuff. But uh, I did that for quite a while. And and I, I never really, even at that point in time, I didn't really think of it as a career, really. Until I got hired at the Emma Lake Fiddle Camp in 2004, I guess, was the big hire. And that's when I seen, that's where I first met Gordon Stolby. So Gordon was there, Jerry Holland was there, Kelvin Ballrath was there. And that's where people, I've seen some of the best concerts in my mind to this date, I'd seen at that camp. And it was, people were writing and playing their own tunes. And people were dancing and having like tons of fun, the old time music doing square dances uh, and it was just a such a upbeat positive culture of learning sharing and playing fiddle tunes and so I went home from the camp and I th said I gotta I gotta start writing tunes I gotta start learning more tunes and learning my repertoire and that's when I kind of really got serious about doing stuff so. and and when does uh when did the 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 playing relationship between you guys start like when when did you guys think that you know oh, why don't we write some tunes together or let's play a little bit together and see where it goes like how did twin fiddles how did that project start we were both teaching at a camp in new brunswick and it rained all five days we were at the camp and Horde. i don't even know if we were uh, in the same cabin together but we decided think, we might no, as well you weren't you were in the other cabin i think i was saying with greg sims you were actually drinkers yeah, <laughs> but we decided yeah. to write some tunes. Yeah, and we started writing well, tunes. Nothing to do, just rain pouring down. So we, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We wrote Bristol Square, mm -hmm. one of our first tunes yeah. there, and I another tune, and I can't remember what it was. No, we didn't. It wasn't that good. <laughs> the Potato Museum. Was there. Oh. Yeah, the Potato Museum. That's right. And then, and then we ended up going up north and doing more camps. We did Castle Dark Camp together. We started writing more tunes, but especially when we went up to the Northwest Territories. In the evening, in some of those places like Gamity and Wequity and Fort Providence, there wasn't a whole lot of activities to do in the evening. We're often there in the winter, mm -hmm. so you know, yeah, it was dark at three o'clock. So we started writing tunes, and then, and then the tunes kind of caught on too. We started teaching them and playing them, and other people started playing them, and so we kept on writing and and we. I'd say we enjoy each other's company pretty oh, yeah. well. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, he's, he's one of the easiest people I've ever worked with. And so, um, but the, the tune writing thing, you know, once we got to a place where we had written like 10 or 12 tunes, we thought, well, geez, let's, why don't we record these things? You know, and then we started recording and that was fun. Yeah. And then that, we, we now we had some product to go to camps with. And then people started playing some of those tunes and. And so it, it, you know, and I think the thing you talked about, I just was going to make this one, this one observation about the Emma Lake Fiddle Camp. 
when, yeah. when you went there, and one of the things you kind of alluded to it, was that all of a sudden you were in a place where there was a lot of very high-end fiddle players. Like, you weren't fiddle players that played little dances around the country. These were nationally known fiddle players who played at a very, very high level. And because I was in the same boat, and I, I didn't realize it was it was allowed by law to write tunes. Like, <laughs> there's enough tunes, okay? We got 15,000 tunes, don't write any more tunes. But these guys were writing all tunes all the time, John and Calvin. And, and so I went home from that camp my, myself, and I, I dedicated myself to writing tunes, and I wrote I wrote a whole bunch of tunes and next year I went back and I played my concert my my featured concert with all my own tunes and uh, and that was just like that's what you had to do to be in the in that company kind of yeah and you've certainly written your fair share Gordon I mean Val's dream is my that was one of the first ones I'd ever heard uh, played at one of the jamborees and uh, again it was one of the I just I thought that all fiddle tunes were just Traditional standards. That's just what I thought they were. And I was like, oh, that's a good one. That's really good. And then I said yeah. to my mom, I said, yeah. And started talking about the, yeah, it's a good traditional tune. You know, she's like, oh, that guy wrote it. Oh, that yeah. Guy. Like, oh, yeah. So, uh, you know, you know, uh, just, yeah. just one memory of Emma Lake, too, that I have that I've found, you know, the fiddle community, it's so supportive of each other. And so, I remember to this date when I every instructor did a little concert there and after the concert was done every instructor came up and shook my hand and thanked me and congratulated me on doing my concert and that that was almost like a welcoming into the club a little every bit. time and, it was wonderful yeah yeah it was very well um, I know that uh, you know I've hung out with with enough musicians now you can tell me if this is the same thing in the fiddle community or not uh, I was at the Times Change High Lonesome Club there in Winnipeg on Main Street, and there was uh, a bunch of musicians go there just to watch the shows, too, instead of just playing. So there was a traveling act, and, and I can't remember who it was, but the guitar player was just disgusting good. Like, the things that this guitar player was doing with his fingers was just, like, incredible. So I'm kind of like, oh, I'm kind of... This is a gawk-eyed type thing, like, oh my god, like, look, oh, look at that, that's incredible, like, isn't that incredible? And I was next to a musician friend of mine. I was like, isn't this guy, isn't this guy amazing? And he was, he was there with like a really annoyed look on his face, and he was shaking his head. And I was like, at first, I was like, man, what a dick, you yeah. know. But I came to realize after, it's like, no, like that's him being like, I wish I could do that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, did, had, like, has that ever happened? Does that happen in the fiddle community when somebody comes in there and just like shreds the shreds the the, yeah. the fiddle, and then you're, are you kind of like, oh my god, that that's amazing, or are you just like that that bastard? It's usually a ten yeah. year old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, it's like where was I when I was ten? Yeah. Oh jeez, uh, Kathy, how did you get hooked up with uh, uh, being? Uh, you're gonna have a comp a, a companist. I really gotta work on that. Uh, uh, Compan companist ist <laughs> a companist. How did you get into that? Um, well, I I went to Emma Lake Fiddle Camp in 2003, and that was my first introduction to fiddle music. Before then, I studied piano as a kid, and you know, got took the grades and all that kind of stuff, and played a little bit in a couple bands in my 20s, but I didn't really know how to chord like you can always you hear people who learn notes and they say 
I can't chord, which is not true. It's just a different skill set. And I don't think anybody ever explained that to us, note readers. So I went to fiddle camp in 2003 because my mom and my nieces started fiddling. And I thought, I want to get in on this action. So I, was, I went to learn fiddle um, and loved it. And I fell in love with the whole culture these guys have talked about, the, the dance, the square dancing. I was like gobsmacked at how much fun it was i had no idea you know and here i was a mom with some little kids and i was aware of where has this been all my life um and then i just jumped in with both feet into the fiddle world i i couldn't believe i bought gordon stoby book one and i was sitting there at home learning all these tunes fisher's hornpipe and and uh just really got fanatical about it as sometimes have a tendency to do but it turned out there was not enough piano players kicking around so I ended up on the piano a lot more than I did on the fiddle and it was easier for me because I knew music and I understood chords and all that kind of stuff so um, that sort of happened and then I, I'm an organizer so I started organizing my own stuff and and uh, 2011 maybe 2010 mm -hmm. by that point we started a camp in Saskatoon called Shivering Strings and mm -hmm. I know knew Gordon through fiddle camps and and he had this idea and uh, and so we brought it to Saskatoon you were doing it in Nova Scotia yep. at the time and so then we got to see Gordon every year and then we started hiring JJ and they started playing together and it was you know it's a mishmash of all these things but I was kind of a go-to piano player when they needed somebody in Saskatchewan and then you know, they make me laugh and hopefully I don't make too many mistakes. So <laughs> they brought me along to, we went to Alberta a couple of years ago before COVID, I guess, to Canmore mm -hmm. and Crow's Nest Pass. And so any chance I get to play with these guys, I'm, I'm in like Flynn. And then the other good thing was I retired, but of course, just before COVID, like yeah, that's actually right. still working when COVID started. Mm -hmm. But, uh, so now I have a lot more time on my hands. Um, two years ago, I couldn't have done this. Cause I was still working so right to go to Churchill like what a, a huge opportunity for me and yeah. so I tag along whenever they'll let me well it's yeah well, that's, you've you've been to uh, Yellowknife with us that's right we did yeah. that four oh, years oh yeah ago. the ice castle yeah. Yeah. Ice yeah. yeah so they've been very good to me and I mean and you guys both like JJ and Kathy you both live in Saskatoon right that, yeah. that's why you can do the, the gemming with the JJ happening because of that yeah we would mm -hmm. love to have had Gord every week gemming with JJ and Gord yeah but he was nowhere to be. Yeah, too far away. Yeah, too far yeah, away. Yeah, a bit, a bit of a commute every week, I think. <laughs> that, eh? yeah. Well, the money's not there. Well, you know, that's... I'll be draining the tip jar. I still wouldn't be able to pay my... No. You wouldn't pay your flight, no. <laughs> not at all. But, you know, we get we have lots of opportunity. Since COVID hit, this has really started when since COVID hit, JJ and I have been... We've been, we've been creating our own music camps. So we're going to places where we've been in the past, but there's no committee... There's no leader to bring people in. So we go and say, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to come there for this day and this day and this day. It's going to be, here's a schedule and blah, blah, blah. And there's always somebody who will say, okay, we'll make that happen. And then all of a sudden we're, 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 we're there and we're doing something. And so we did this two years in a row now. We've done this. We've gone to these different towns. Sometimes it's maybe two days, but mostly little three-day little three-day workshops. We pick up people along the way that, that would, will come with us. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's interesting because musicians are used to if you're going to go to a camp like if you're going to go to a festival you don't want to talk to the sound man you you want to talk to the organizer mm -hmm. you know, who's the organizer have the organizer phone me and send me a contract yeah there's no organizer with us and so people and this has happened with kathy like tell the people to phone me well we're standing right here like this, <laughs> you know we're not organizing we just 
we have the idea, we have the dates, we tell them, we have a formula, and they, they make sure that everything's in place, we go there and we do it. So there isn't really a core a core person or anything else. So so uh, yeah, it's, it's been great because we we've you know making work as we yeah. do. Yeah. If yeah. you can't if you can't you can't have us for three days, how about two? Okay, yeah. we'll do two. You, you guys have you guys have a plan A, plan B, plan C mm -hmm. that just like a a plug and plug and play type yeah. thing because you because you have the exactly I works. sat and watched their meeting yesterday morning with the calendar out and then we could go here there or there but you know we got to travel here so and they were just making it happen you know and and the little lines <laughs> in the east square got filled in and the next thing you know there's a three-week work yeah yeah well when you've and, done it enough times yeah and it's and we have so many friends that we can yeah, call that will help us you know we can yeah. make a phone call you know how many people can we call in in uh, in prince george there's lots of Few, people we yeah. can call. Yeah, and how many people? Well, we don't have to call many people in Bellacoola. There are no people in Bellacoola. <laughs> so, but but you, there's people are willing to help. They want stuff to happen, and they'll 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 do. Like your mom. Yeah. 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 Exactly. You know? Yeah, and that was just somebody like I watched her, uh, from not like never picking a fiddle up before, knowing that there used to be a a, a real fiddle um, tradition here once upon a time. And thought that would be a really neat thing to yeah. bring back. So she taught herself mm -hmm. to play the fiddle, so she could teach the kids how to play the fiddle. That's and then amazing. the more that she went with it, she started then going to the to the camps yeah. and to the different jamborees. Yeah. And it's uh, like the passion that I see that she has for it is just uh, it's like it's it's awe inspiring, you know, because that's she loves it. Like ever since she picked up a fiddle, like she's naturally uh, a pianist and an, an oboe player. Those were her, yeah. those were her two instruments. And what's uh, an oboe? I'm know. kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but well, boy. somebody somebody looked at me and said, "Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy." So yeah, it's like it's all about. It circles back to the connections you make in the community and yeah. knowing that if you were, hey, you know, it's been a while since we've been to, you know, this part of BC or this part of Saskatchewan. Let's uh, who. Do, Oh, we know this person. Hey, can we do this? Okay, plug and play, done. Yeah. Like, that seems really, really yeah. cool. Yeah. Let's play two more. You guys can play two more. Uh, and then we'll uh, then we'll wrap it up, and yeah. then you guys can play one more after that to finish her off. How does that sound? Good. What two songs are we going to hear next? We, do, do we have three more? Two yeah. more? You have, yeah. Okay. yeah, you have three more. Well, we'll save Moline Canyon for the end. Let's do, uh, Let's. we've talked quite a while now. Why don't we do well, let's a, do Linda Duford. Okay, yeah. And Kicking Horse. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, uh, the next tune here, Linda Duford, is written for our friend in uh, uh, Hay River, who again is another one of those organizers who lives up there. And she, she and her sister and family used to run a restaurant in Hay River called the Back Eddy. But now Linda's retired from that. They sold the restaurant and she runs a little music shop and she travels uh, uh, right around Hay River to Fork uh, Resolution and uh, on the other side to the reserve side of Hay River teaching the fiddle and the uh, kids come to her fiddle class and she's actually she's a really good player and she's a very enthusiastic player so we wanted to capture a little bit of Linda's spirit in this tune and so it's called simply Linda Duford and then the next tune after will be Kicking Horse. Yeah, Kicking, Kicking Horse. Horse. Tell yeah. us about that one. Yeah. We go through uh, the mountains a lot between Alberta and BC, and there's passes, you know, where the mountains come down. You can go through there, and so there's there's more gentle ones maybe like the the, uh, the crow's nest. But the Kicking Horse Pass is a a wild ride, and it's high, 
and uh, there's, they made rumble strips beside the road for very good reasons. For they had people like JJ in mind when they put the rumble strip there because he likes the scenery. So he will drive. <laughs> Look over there. <laughs> Back in the middle of the... Yeah, so... Uh, and it's, it's wild. And we, get, we have places there, like in Golden, BC, we have a fiddle community that embraces us. And uh, so we wanted to get something that kind of captured the, maybe the early days when the Cowboys first went in there or the stagecoach robbers were first in there. It's kind of a wild tune. And, and we, what we do is I take my belt off and we snap the somebody in the audience snaps the belt. You had that experience. I got to you do that. Luckily chosen. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I was. I, I couldn't believe I was randomly selected. Al Simmons came up there too with his belt. Al, Al Simmons came yeah. up. Too, yeah. it's, it's like airport and security. Kid. And uh, and uh, and. Uh, Thomas Anderson. Thomas yeah. Little young, Thomas yeah, Anderson. Little guy yeah. 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 It's like airport security. You don't know who's going to get yeah, selected. Right. Oh. But yeah. when they do... Yeah, yeah. They and, they, but, and you still need to take off your belt there. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Uh, Linda Duford, then Kicking Horse. JJ Guy, Gordon Stoby, and Kathy Spruill here on the How Do You Do Review. CKUW 95.9 FM in Winnipeg. Are you going to stop every time you miss one of those? <laughs> First of all, Wendy will be here until, be here until the next time Joanna invites us back. <laughs> hey, I haven't, I haven't played this too. You've got and, standards too, right? I know, I that's good, standards. it's good, no good. Okay.
Two great tunes there from J.J. Guy, Gordon Stoby, as Kathy Spruill, as the accompanist. Well done. Bravo, Joe. I'm I'm, I'm Joe learns a new word. (laughs) (laughs) You heard it here first, folks. Uh, Okay, tell us what is, uh, what's next for you guys? Uh, Well, actually, first, um, tell us about the new record. Twin Fiddles 5. It's slow going because we haven't been, been together much. We, I guess we have we three well, that's, four. That's six. Six. It's six. Yeah, we got fives already yeah, out. Yeah, fives already out. So Six yeah. is, is in, in six is in an extended, uh, what's the? Uh, uh, gestation. Gestation, yeah. It's in an extended gestation. The first ones were, were basically about like a, a timber wolf, that length of gestation. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how long <laughs> that is, but it's not out long, like six months maybe. But this one is going to yeah. be like an elephant, yeah. which years. is like, I don't know, two years, three Something years. Something like that. So when did you guys start working on it? Oh, two years ago. <laughs> Before? No, no we no, didn't. Actually. We started working on this about a, two about, weeks ago. About two weeks ago. Yeah. Twin Fiddles 6, you started yeah. working on two Twin weeks six. ago. Yeah. Twin Fiddles 5, you finished when? A two years just, ago. Just as the pandemic COVID. hit. Yeah. Yeah. And is that was that when it was uh, released, or did you guys actually, release no, it Actually, no, we later? released it. At, we had written it... Uh, in December of 2019, I guess it was. And then the pandemic, our plan was to release it in the summer of 2020, mm. but the pandemic hit. And then we kind of put that off until around Christmas time of 2020 yeah. for the release. Yeah. And so it's been out about a year, but we haven't, because we haven't been playing you too much. You released it online. You didn't yeah, have we haven't right. been. So you, uh, you haven't been able to go to camp the camps or, or go right. on tour yeah. to really yeah. perform it, it for people. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
So, but that still hasn't stopped us from working on a new album. Yeah. So. Well, there you go. And uh, so, how do you guys do? Do you guys come together to record it? Do you guys pick a weekend that works, or do you guys do it kind of while you're on tour? Like, how? Uh, what's the recording process like for you guys? All of the above a bit. Yeah, the, the the actual recording all takes place in Nova Scotia, so far. Like he comes to my place, I've got a studio, and it's sort of a setting like you have, and and uh, we record. I record scratch guitar tracks for the tunes, and then he puts all of his parts on. We sort of oh, okay. figure out how it's going to go, and if there's a if there's a coda at the end that we need to record or a variation or a backup or whatever, we record all that for each tune with my scratch guitar thing, and then he goes home. And then uh, I go in my studio and then shut the door and I go to work. So typically I would replace the scratch guitar mm-hmm. and put like a good guitar on. And then if there's piano, I would put that on. The bass goes on early. Mm-hmm. And then the harmony fiddle part would go on. And then the solos, the other solos, because I'll I put lap steel on the guitar and accordion almost always on there. And then uh, in the, at the end, it would be the percussion goes on. Right. And then the mixing and... Uh, so Kathy mentioned they're available online if people aren't able to come to see you guys. Yeah. If they're not lucky well, yeah. enough. Twinfiddles.ca. Yeah. Twinfiddles.ca. Fiddlebooks.com. Or jjguy.ca. Yeah. But either. Yeah. Any one of them. Any one of them has it. Yeah. Good stuff. So yeah. My first question. Basically, you're not. In my in my estimation, you're not really a Canadian. If you don't have one of those records, that's, <laughs> I'd have to agree. Yeah, I mean, I concur. It's, it's all about Canada. All the tunes are about Canada. You know, why are we buying Taylor Swift? Is that her name? Taylor Swift. I think that's her name. And then this guy Ed. Uh, Sharon. The, the guy, Sharon. The, 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 the Joe Stover lookalike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> why are we buying all that? Sending our money away there? Why aren't we supporting not just us, but all the Canadian acts that are playing really good music? Yeah, I want to talk to these people about that a little bit. Oh, yeah. Well, hey, these people know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, these people absolutely know. If they're listening to Campus Community Radio, they already know uh, the value of, of local music and good Canadian good music. People, yeah. They're yeah. good. Thank people. you very much out there in Radio Land. We appreciate it. Yeah. Now, let's let's get the orders coming in. Okay? <laughs> That's right. Uh, so what's next, guys? What's, uh, what's on your docket for as far as camps? Or we've already kind of touched on Twin Fiddle 6 a little bit, but... Uh, camps, projects, what do you guys got? Well, the, the six is underway, and with COVID restrictions loosening, uh, there's an appetite for uh, uh, events coming up. So we we actually have started booking quite a few little events. July is pretty well all booked. Fiddliness. 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 Kathy's mm-hmm. running a camp. Yep, Fiddliness. Uh, up at Ness Creek. First which week of is July. First week of July, you say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You should come, Joe. I think that sounds like Fiddle, uh, is your guitar teacher? We're probably, yeah, I'm working on on that. But everybody okay. else is sewed yeah. up. These guys will be there, Troy McGilvery. It's at Ness Creek, which is a beautiful boreal forest setting in northern Saskatchewan. It's year Well, it's a home of or, like six or seven uh, festivals Yeah, there's the a whole lot of festivals there. There's festival grounds yeah. in, in the woods. Yeah, that sounds yeah, that sounds really cool. I'm uh, you guys are going to be at Hills Are Alive as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I'm going to try and try and get there. My mom, unfortunately, the with the the politics, the yeah, the, all the restrictions and stuff like that. Like they, I think they already put the kibosh on that, which I know uh, breaks her heart a bit. But she really is like, you should go, Joe. If you can go, go. And I've yeah. I've gone the last whatever. I think the last three or four of them where I've just kind of floated around. 
But I'm really thinking, oh, maybe I'll buckle down, buckle down and yeah. get my hand slapped for playing a G chord the wrong way or something <laughs> like yeah. that. So we'll we'll see how it goes. The, the other interesting project that I'm I'm quite excited to be a part of is one you've been working on for a couple of years up in Williams Lake with mm. the Caribou Chilcotin Youth Orchestra. Yeah. I do a and lot of have then over the, over the past done done projects with young people's groups, mm -hmm. a lot of them in Smithers, but all over the place kind of. So I'll go go there three or four times a year and we'll push a project forward and it's going to be it'll be a stage show with a storyline a narrator so the very first one i did was i did it in smithers bc quite a long time ago and it was uh, it was called the fiddle history of canada and so we did the, basically the history of canada uh, there was a lot of acting and a lot of other stuff like that and and uh, uh and then the music was all canadian music and kathy you came to that oh, was that the world yeah. premiere you were at the world premiere of that's that. awesome yeah cool and so they're like made you proud to be canadian it really did nice. yeah it's like a two-hour show. And then we've done, I've done a bunch of them in Williams Lake. I've done probably four more in the Williams Lake. Same thing. The history of the Caribou Gold gold Rush in the 1860s, something like that. Travels of the violin, in the, you know. And what that does is it gives you an access into every style of music. It doesn't have to be fiddle music. You know, the fiddle goes somewhere. It pops up in Cuba. Somebody takes it and they start playing, you know, Cuban jazz kind of stuff. And then it goes over, you know, that those kind of shows. So you have to go back, you know, they're usually on a two-year cycle almost to get them together. Wow. To get the kids to play. And uh, so we're this year, the latest one is uh, is is going to be done. It's going to be done. And JJ's come up for the last two rehearsals and he's going to play in the band just to beef up the band. And this one is, is how the radio shaped music and what people listen to oh. so it started it starts way back in 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 appalachia in the very early days of the string bands right and it goes through the jazz age and all this kind of stuff so again it's a it's a framework to hang a bunch of music on sure you, know, you make yeah, the framework yeah. and hang the music and and that's the show the formula yeah that's awesome yeah. That's and there'll be a couple terrific. of there'll be two two narrators in this one there'll be a narrator who will be in the disc jockey booth mm -hmm. and there'll be a narrator who's in the home they're sitting around the Listen. radio in the home and the Families all gathered around. It's eight o'clock. The show's going to come on, and this guy over here, ten thousand miles away, is announcing it. And then here, and they here, they're talking about it. And then the, all the kids come out and play the music. It's a, so it's that an, sounds amazing. It's a very neat show. Yeah, I'll say. Well, so that's the one we're doing yeah, yeah. together. In yeah. April, April Next and May. April yeah. and Next May. month, and where whereabouts is this going to be again? Uh, you said Williams Lake. Williams Lake. Oh, yeah, right that in the sounds, middle of DC. That sounds awesome. <laughs> got two air two airfares for you. Three. Okay. Winnipeg, oh, would be Vancouver there. Oh well, I'll walk. I'll start. Yeah, start tomorrow. Start tomorrow. I'll be, I'll just go straight west. Are... Don't go on the roads. No, just go no straight west. Just, just, just beeline through. Yeah, it's, it's shorter as the crow flies. Yeah. <laughs> as they say. Well, uh, this has been really cool, you guys. I'm glad that you took the time. It's been busy. You guys have had a real, real busy week, and for you guys to take the time has been. But it's, it's been, been a great, great week. Yeah, yeah. it has been. But this has been great too. It's fun to talk about these things. You know, you reminisce a little bit, and yeah, you know, it's always uh, yeah. It's just and it's just great to catch up with you three. Yeah. Again, because it's been few years. It's been a while yeah. since I saw you. Yeah. So it's uh, it's been really good. Uh, you guys are going to play one more. Uh, why don't you tell us about that one, Malene Canyon? Oh, well, we did a workshop, a dance, and a concert in Jasper, Alberta, the big national park. And uh, when we were done, we stayed overnight, and our host came the next morning, and they said, we have a treat for you. And, and we said, they said, the treat is we want to take you on a hike of Moline Canyon. 
So the, Gordon and I hiked into Moline Canyon, mm -hmm. and the, it's wide and deep. Oh yeah, we had the grippers on our feet and the, the ski poles. Oh my goodness! You know, and we're going in. And so in the summer, when you go through Moline Canyon, there's thousands and thousands of gallons of water rushing through there. But in the winter, the water all goes away. It goes somewhere. I don't know. North Battleford. North Battleford, Saskatchewan. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of it goes underground. To though, North Battleford. To, to North Battleford, yeah. And anyway, so you can walk on the canyon floor. And it's it's the most amazing, awe-inspiring thing to be in the canyon. And it, as it narrows in on you, it gets darker and darker. It's really, it's really high. It's really high. Straight you can walls. see layers and layers of sediment from thousands and thousands of gallons of water rushing through there. So we wanted to capture a little bit of the spookiness, and Moline is the means evil in. in oh my in, goodness! In evil Canyon. Evil Canyon. Yeah. So, so we as we went through there, we wanted to capture a little bit of that, and uh, we hopefully we did in this song, as you will hear right now. Very good. Thanks again, guys. Yeah. Thank you, Thanks Joe. For, Thanks for a having lot of fun, us. A lot of fun.
it is, folks. What a great time that was talking with Gordon Stoby, JJ Guy, and Kathy Spruill. If you'd like to hear more of this gang, and why wouldn't you, check out some of these websites. Fiddlebooks.com is Gordon's site. JJGuy.ca is, uh, let me check, I think that's JJ's site. Yeah, 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 it's his. And their website together is a pretty easy one. TwinFiddles.ca And Kathy mentioned her music camp up in Ness Creek, Saskatchewan in July. It's called Fiddliness, and you can check that website out, fiddliness.com. That's F-I-D-D-L-Y-N-E-S-S dot com. Thanks for checking out our first ever How Do You Do Review bonus podcast. If you're checking us out for the first time, we have new episodes every Friday evening, both as a podcast And, of course, our radio home on CKUW 95.9 FM every Friday at 6 p.m. in Winnipeg and every Monday night in St. John's, 8 p.m. CHMR 93.5 FM. I'm Joe Stover here in Churchill, Manitoba, and we'll see you next time.